This show is brought to you by the North Face. Now, the North Face have been my sponsors for the last eight or nine years, and I'm really proud to be involved with this fantastic outdoor brand. Now, they've been in the outdoor industry for over 50 years, and they are the premier supplier of authentic, innovative, and technologically advanced exploration apparel. For your footwear, equipment, accessories, they've got the best stuff. Now, their lightweight and weather-resistant flight series running gear is my absolute favorite. So, if if you're into trail running, if you're into desert running, if you're into just exploring our mountains, then these, this is the go-to gear. And it's designed to endure, engineered to help you through the heat, through heavy downpours, or whatever else comes your way so that you can run no matter what, every day, any weather, any terrain, and never stop exploring. If you'd like to check out their whole range, go to thenorthface.co.nz. Well, welcome back, everybody. Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits, and it's fantastic to have you back here with me. If you've listened to this show before, then welcome back, and if you're a first-time listener, it's great to have you. Um, before I get underway, I just wanted to ask you guys a big favor. If you would go over to iTunes and give us a rating and review, that would be fantastic. It really gives us the feedback what we need, and also for the show to get exposure, it really helps if you can do that for us. So thank you. I appreciate that greatly. Now, today I've got a solo car so no guests with me and today's topic I really wanted to talk about and something that I've been learning a lot about and I'm certainly not a master at this by any stretch of the imagination um, but it's a, a topic that I've, I've learned a lot about recently and had had the chance to implement it um, and look back over the past few years of my life and to look where I did some things well and where I did other things not so well so the, the theme of today is around team building and leadership so and when I say team building, this, this applies obviously in the business sense. If you are building a team of people around you, if you're an entrepreneur like me, what we're doing currently is building a big team of people to help our company expand and to grow. Um, so it's something that's very top of mind for me, being able to do this the right way and lead executives and help them achieve what they need to to help our company grow. But also the same principles apply whether you are coaching uh, the local sports team, local netball team, the kids at school, uh, or even within your own family, being a leader and a role model within your own family. I think some of these principles that I, that I wanted to talk about and discuss today will apply also in those situations. So take what you want from this and, and apply it into your life situation. Um, so the first thing I sort of wanted to reflect on is that your team will mirror your own state of mind and your team will also reflect, like a mirror does, the, the, how you show up. So if you are showing up consistently for your team in a consistent manner with uh, transparency, with openness, if you've got good lines of communication, if you've got good goal setting and targets that you are trying to meet, uh, if you've got plans in place uh, that will help your team members reach certain um, goals in their progress, then this is what's really, really important in being this consistent team leader or this t consistent manager. Um, and if, you know, if I'd known a lot of these sort of principles that 
around team building and leadership in my earlier career, I could have saved myself a, 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 a lot of strife. And it's something, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been in business for myself. And for many, many years, that meant just me and being in charge of my own destiny, which is, was really, really important. But a number of times I've had um, employee teams and, and groups that I've also had to lead. And sometimes I've done a disastrous job um, in my earlier career and um, I certainly by no means have got it all right now but I'm hoping that I can improve um, on that as we move forward and grow our uh, businesses at the moment. So just to reflect on a couple of things that will help us grow as team leaders, as managers, um, through getting through uh, the different levels, right? So your culture that you build is a really a reflection of the leadership. So if you've got a very bad culture within your company or within your within your team at work or your colleagues or with your sports team and, and things aren't going right, now the first place you should be looking at is yourself. Are you setting good targets? Are these goals that you are setting unrealistic? Well, some of the, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, um, can really demotivate a team is when you set unrealistic targets or targets that are very airy-fairy. You know, we're going to reach a million dollars in turnover this year or $10 million in turnover this year and you're sitting at 100000 um, is, you know, an unrealistic goal for, for one. And, and it it gives the, the team the feeling that they have no idea how they're going to get there. These have to be incremental steps and they have to be realistic steps. And you have to, as the team leader, be able to give the guidance as to how you are going to achieve these fantastic goals. So when you set unrealistic goals, you're setting your team up for failure instead of setting them up for winning. And we all build on the success of winning. So by having smaller goals, by having more realistic goals, and setting um, you know, different goals for different time sets, um, you can really help your team achieve these. If I say to my team, look, we're gonna try and smash through the, the $2 million mark this year, uh, with our turnover, and I say, right, that means that each month of the year we've got to increase by X amount of dollars each time. Now, every month when that month rolls around and we haven't reached those targets, is reinforcing the, the, the failure of the whole thing and making it even doubly hard the following month and the pressure doubly high that they have to achieve those those unrealistic goals. So reassessing them and keeping them on track and keeping them within the grasp so that everyone is, is stretching, is reaching for them, is going hard, is motivated for them, but you're not setting them up for complete failure and you're giving them a structure to follow in order to achieve those goals. Um, another thing is like, uh, I wanna take an example here from the animal kingdom really. Um, and this is something that's called emotional contagion. Uh, and this is, you know, studies done by scientists that have proven that um, primates and dogs and humans react in this way, that the owner or the leader, so the owner of a dog, for example, a dog often will reflect uh, the state of the, uh, the owner's emotions. So if someone comes to the door of your house and the dog is going, you know, like the, the human is like, what's going on? Who's, who's at the door? The dog is very likely to react in, in a, in a upset manner and be barking loudly and reacting aggressively because it feels within his, um, human owner that there's something wrong and that they're, um, being challenged by what's coming at the front door, for example. If you, 
put the dog at ease and say, hey, it's okay, or it's all good, and you even pick them up, or you take them over, and it will feel your calmness, your presence, that you are not upset, that you're not frightened, and it's just a friend who's arrived at the door to see you, then they are quietened down because they are looking to you for that guidance. Now, the same principle applies with humans, um, and when you're leading your team, if you are feeling in a state of panic and a state of fight or flight or you're overwhelmed or you're not giving off good vibes then your team are going to be even worse off because they're usually a step behind you and the next layer up there's these five sort of levels of 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 being of of state if you like the first one is that you're and the one that we should and want to be in most of the time is being just really present for your team and being aware and listening and being open to them and being in a present state and, and able to, to be there for them. The next one is when you are sort of on alert, you know that there's danger lurking, you're a bit worried about stuff and you're, you're, your eyes are flitting around and you're, you're a little bit in that heightened state. The next one up above that is loaded, so you're totally aware that things are going a little bit custard here and you're loaded and you're sort of ready to to jump into action and, and, and you're feeling frightened. The next one above that is the fight or flight state where you're totally ready to fight and you're or to run because you're in danger or you feel like you're in danger. Now, all of these states come from our primitive, you know, our ancestry where we've gone through, you know, where we've been in danger and, um, and the next one above that is full overwhelm and full-on panic. Now, if you turn up in a present state of mind to your team meetings or to your uh, group coaching practice or whatever, and you're there for the team, you're not, you're calm, you're present, you're there to listen, you are able to help, then your team will be in a more relaxed state. They might be on the next level, on the alert state. If you're in the big fight or flight and you we've got to reach these targets and this is happening and the competitors are doing this and the, the situation is so-and-so, then they're liable to be in the next level up, which is full-on panic. And that's not going to help anybody or anything. So the first thing you need to do is to look how you are turning up for your team. Is it consistent when you turn up? Are you presenting the same mess messages? Are you reliable? Are you open? Are you transparent? Are you open to be able to tell them your vulnerabilities, your your where you're not so good at things and where you need their help and their input? All of these things lead your team to being able to trust you and to be able to guide them further and, and, and go ahead. And another big thing with your team is um, they will always be looking to you for guidance for the next step. You're the boss or you're the leader, so they, of course, will look to you, am I, am I doing okay? Am I, am I going in the right direction? Are we, uh, uh, am I doing the right things? They will need that um, guidance to say, yep, you're doing a damn good job, keep it up and keep going and to be able to, to, to build on that. You know, when I'm coaching people, um, you know, the first thing I do, obviously, is listen to their situation. Listening is a huge part of the, the puzzle asking some really deep delving, uh, diving questions and finding out what's you know going on in their world and after we've done that and we've assessed it is really getting alongside them and giving their dreams wings finding out what their big dreams are and their big goals are and then telling them yep we can do it we can make this happen when you get beside people and you say yep yeah, let's give your dreams some wings let's make this happen then people will 
invariably um, pull more out of themselves than they ever could when someone's going, well, you can't do that. You're not going to achieve that. Uh, you know, you're not giving them the confidence they need. You need to walk beside them. You need to, and you might be unrealistic, you know, like some of the, if you have a child, for example, and they say they want to be an astronaut, and you're going, oh, that's ridiculous. They're never going to be an astronaut. But, and you tell them, look, that's impossible. You're not going to ever do this. You, you know, why don't you study to be a teacher or do something like this or study to be a nurse and something more realistic here? And you take away their dreams. Now, when someone else comes along and says, no, you can be an astronaut, who do you think that that kid's going to respond to? They're going to respond to the one that says that I can do this. Uh, and, I mean, that's an extreme example. And, obviously, it's not going to be an easy road to get to be an astronaut, but by giving the person the chance to have a go at what they really, really want and to giving them the guidance to take the steps in that direction, even if it's not to the full-blown extent of actually getting there, um, you give them the ability to believe in themselves, to back themselves, to take steps towards their real goals and to achieve so much more than if you uh, put them down and tell them it's impossible. Because who the hell are you to tell them it's impossible? I mean, my whole life I've been told that this is impossible, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, you know, I always use that as motivation to prove them wrong. And, and you know, and I have on many, many occasions, and this is, um, you know, a part of the psychology of the way that people work, the ones that have gotten beside me and said, yeah, we believe in you, Lisa, we think you can achieve this, they're the ones that have become good, loyal friends and that will, you will walk the, you know, to the ends of the earth for because they have given your dreams wings and they have stood beside you and they've said, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with you on this journey. We'll help you reach those goals. And then a good leader also points in the right direction. Okay, this is your big goal. Now here's your, some, some sub-targets that we want you to reach and here's... Uh, next week's plan and here's this week's plan and here's what tasks that I want you to do today okay so that's breaking things down for people so that they have something achievable and having when people have someone beside them believing in them invariably they they do far more and achieve far more than when they have someone telling them they can't do something so um Believe in people, give them the chance, and and make sure that you you help them out on their in, in their desires as well. And so when you're in a, a company environment or an entrepreneur, and you've got a team that you're building around you, the team not only has to be talented in what they do, the specifics of their job, but you need people that will buy into your vision. If you can sell your people, your prospective employees, your prospective contractors into your vision, into what you are trying to achieve in the world, into the where you are going, then you are far, far more likely to have those people give you the extra, go the extra mile for you, give you that discretionary effort because they believe in the cause, they believe in the purpose, they believe in where this team is going and that they are going to be in a winning team, and everybody wants to be in a winning team, um, and so just 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 by doing that, you can help yourself um, reach those goals. Having a team that is fully in behind you, that understands where the company is going, or where the sports team is going, what your goals are. You know, if you if you go to the All Blacks and you ask a young rookie All Black, you know, what are your goals for? for your career and for your your this year and for your team, they will know exactly 
where they want to be. I want to, you know, have 100 games for the All Blacks. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I, you know, I want to be um, like Richie McCaw. I, you know, they will have a set of goals already in their, in their own minds because they wouldn't have got there if they, they didn't. They've already shown and proven that they are dedicated, that they reach big goals. And they will know exactly this week's team that they're playing and what sort of tactics will need to fight against this and, and what sort of strategies you're going to play, put in place to play well this weekend and what training I have to do this very day. And so it's all broken down into little bite-sized steps that they can actually go towards on every single day. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story that I'm really not proud of and this is something that I really did wrong and um, I share the story because it, it, it just illustrates um, poor leadership and something that I you know, did very badly. And it was um, during uh, my Death Valley campaign, I was over at Badwater, uh, running the 217 kilometers race through the hottest desert on earth. And you know, to be fair, I was under a hell of a lot of strain and, and fear and trepidation and so on in the build up to this race. But what I did with my team that I had crewing for me that I brought over, I made one cr uh, fatal mistake on this was the second time that I'd been to Death Valley. And I remember, I wanted my team to have the car set up perfectly and we had to um, pack it and repack it and repack it again so that everything was going to be accessible in the right places so that everybody knew their jobs because I mean this is this is a really really tough race everything has to be calculated down to the to the last uh, cube of ice if you like and I felt like my team were not out there doing what they should have been doing. The car wasn't packed. We only had a, you know, uh, less than a day to go. We didn't have our systems down pat. Uh, they were lying around in the motel rooms joking and, and not doing what I thought that they should be doing. And, you know, they were. They were not really taking it as serious as, as the undertaking was. And, however, I went in there and I, I, I didn't do what I should have done. I went in there and I went completely off my rocker at them. And I let all the fear and anxiety that I was feeling on the internal of, you know, from the pressure from the race, from the fear of of this massive task that I had ahead of me, um, out on them. And I blasted them for being lazy buggers and not getting this out done right now. And, you know, and you know, for a moment I felt good because I felt like I'd, let, I'd released all this anger that I felt because that wasn't being done. But the consequences of that were, you know, the fact that I lost the trust and respect of my team. And they didn't, they had, I needed them. I needed them on the road for the next two days. They had to, they had, you know, crews in Death Valley have to, do, like it's, it's almost as hard as running the race. You have to, you know, go above and beyond what the normal call of duty would be. You're out there for up to 48 hours and you're in this massive heat and you're stuck in this, you know, this boiling hot car. You are looking after the runner who's, you know, demanding all sorts of things. Uh, you've got to keep them cool. You've got to keep them alive, um, uh, medically speaking, because it's, you know, it's a place where you can actually die very quickly if you get overheated and so on. 
so I was relying on these guys that I'd just blasted. Now, that's not a good combination. And to their credit, they put it aside and they did the job that needed to be done. They did get out there and they did start packing the car properly and things did get cracking, which is what I wanted. However, I'd lost the trust and respect of them. And, of course, um, the aftermath of that was, and I, and I apologized, obviously, after the race and said, you know, I was under a massive amount of pressure, I reacted wrong, and, and, but the, the damage was done. And uh, even if they may have paid lip service to forgiving you for what you did, because hell, you were under pressure or whatever, there were, the relationships were never the same again. And I regretted that really badly. Um, but in the same token, you know, like you learn from your mistakes and you learn that when you have emotional outbursts, um, and I'm a very emotional person, so it's something that I really, you know, struggle with quite often, um, there are consequences to those emotional outbursts when you are the leader of a team and you have to be very controlled. Everything that you do as a leader will be seen under the microscope and everything you say will be heard through a, a megaphone, as the saying goes. That means that people will scrutinize everything you do and everything you say, so you better get it right. And the higher you're up in the hierarchy of, of your business or in the more important positions as a manager or in politics or whatever, you better be damn careful what you say because, and it better be consistent and it better be transparent and honest because if it isn't, it's going to be put under the microscope. I mean, a classic example, you know, that we're seeing today in the world with Trump as president, who, you know, I think is a disaster. Um, he doesn't filter what comes out of his mouth and goes straight onto Twitter. Um, and this can have massive impacts on the stock exchange, even on world trade, on wars. The man does not have a filter. And the danger of that, when you're in such a high position of leadership, you know, it can, unst you know, unstabilize the, the entire economy <laughs> because he has so much power and every word that he says is heard through a, micro a megaphone. For some reason, he's still in power and I don't know uh, the answer to that. But um, yeah, the higher you up in the hierarchy of something, the more important that it is that you have very um, consistent messages that you're putting out in the public and getting it correct all the time and having not having emotional blowouts and you know there's a number of tricks I should probably do a um, podcast on dealing with anger <laughs> and emotional outbursts um, and it's something that I've you know have uh, struggled with over the years being a very passionate and of Maori descent with a bit of Irish blood and German mixed in you know it's a, it's a pretty hard combination at times to keep under wraps um, but turning the logical brain on when that when those emotional uh, states take over. What I try and do now is, they uh, like say, count to ten, and that's a that's a good trick. But make it even more complicated than counting to ten, because the more of your logical brain that you can turn on when you're in an emotional state, the less that emotional state will take you over. So if you're having an angry reaction that you're gone from zero to a hundred in a split second, if you can turn that logical brain on to do some sort of difficult puzzle, like I don't know, counting backwards and and um, taking seven away every time, you know, something that makes you think and, and calculate, you'll stop that emotional reactiveness, you know, so that you can actually control what you get <laughs> comes out of your mouth. It will just give you that 10 seconds to cool down before you uh, lose the plot. So you have, as, as you know, as a CEO, as a manager, or as a, as a coach of a team, or 
uh, even in, in your family, uh, a major responsibility. Now, another example of this is where um, that I, I did a better job on um, was just even you know a couple of years ago when my mum had her had her aneurysm, and in that first moment of crisis, when we were told what was happening and that she was you know critical and that she might she might die, and things were you know looking absolute desperate, and everybody was in a stunned state of absolute panic. And not knowing what to do, um, I jumped into really into leadership mode and went right team. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. I want you to do this job. You to do that job. Uh, you know, when 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 my father, for example, started to talk very neg- negatively, and we oh, we better start planning the funeral and this sort of carry on. I just grabbed him by the shoulders and shook him and said, "She's alive, and we will keep fighting. And this is the direction. And I want you to go and do this, this, and this job." I gave him some logical jobs that he had to go and achieve in order to stop his brain going down that negative spiral. I gave my brothers other jobs. They went and did those, and over the next. A uh, few weeks, we united the entire family, the extended family as well, and the single cause of bringing mum back from the brink of absolute um, disaster and death. And of course, the, jo- the doctors did their jobs, and we did our jobs as best as we could to bring her back. And uh, I'm I'm very proud of that reaction, as as opposed to how I reacted in in Death Valley, if you like being able to lead the team in a time of crisis to gather them around a single target, a single goal with a single purpose. You know, we had an extended family and all sorts of personalities and you can imagine all sorts of the, the, the usual family dramas that go on. Everything was put aside in the fight for her life and it came together and everybody pulled their weight because they had someone to follow, they had someone to say, you doing this, you're on that shift, I want you studying that, I want you doing this. And and that's not it's not about being bossy, it's just about being giving people guidance in a time where it really, really matters. So, you know, these are sort of skills that are, are so crucial. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's just for your your kids, um, or I shouldn't say just for your kids, that's the, probably the biggest management job you'll ever have. Um, whether it's in your corporate world or whatever it is, these principles really, really help you and can help you grow a successful team and help you drive towards success, whatever that may be for you. So consistency, transparency, taking action. Action taking is really important, not just talking about things. And all of those, that part of the culture of your team starts really with with you. So getting alongside people when they have dreams, when they have needs. When you build a team, you must take care of your team. And I don't care if these are just employees or whatever they are. If you take a personal interest in them, if you can get them to buy into your vision, if you care about their family situation, if you care about them as people, they are more likely to fight for you and to give you this discretionary effort that you'll need if you want to be super successful and grow your business. Um, Another part of the equation is, of course, to look after yourself. Often as leaders, you're busy running around, you've got so much going on that you forget your own workouts, you forget your own hydration, your own nutrition. And, you know, if you, it's like that that, um, on the planes when they do the safety talk and they say, if you have a child with you and the oxygen masks come down, put your own oxygen mask first on 
before you do your child's. And why is that? You know, you think, oh, you should put the child's on first. But no, if you're unconscious because you haven't done it, then you're not able to help your child either. And it's the same principle. If you aren't feeling strong, if you aren't feeling healthy, if you aren't hydrated, if you haven't got good nutrition and good sleep and all of those other things, then how the hell are you going to lead other people? Um, how are you going to have the strength to do it? Because it's going to take a lot of strength to do all this. Um, so setting those targets as a team, goals, uh, realistic targets that do not set your team up for, for failure. You know, setting big, hairy, scary goals that mean nothing will only set your team up for failure. So if you can get them to buy into the goals and the targets that you want and the action plans that you want, but they must be achievable and they might, they will, they should stretch them. They should be definitely stimulate them to give them, give their best, but they should never be beyond what is possible. Um, and you should be modeling what you want them to be. So that means if you want them to be reliable and consistent and, and hardworking and dedicated and all those things, you have to be that as well. If you are uh, in business for yourself, for example, to, so that you can not have to turn up to meetings, so that you don't have to be a certain way and act a certain way, then you're in the wrong business. You have to be the leading example for the people that you're you're guiding. It's like the Michael Jackson song, The Man in the Mirror. Check him out first before you go and criticize the people on your team. So thanks, guys, for listening to me today. I hope those ramblings were of use to you. Um, this is, as I said, a work in progress for me too, and I'd welcome your feedback on this. Um, there's, you know, team building is something that I think is is something that we all need to learn and being able to grow teams and lead teams and be leaders amongst our people um, as we as we go through our process. This becomes a uh, and, and through life. Uh, this role is often thrust upon us and it's really key that we have some of the skill sets so to be able to lead others. So thanks for listening, uh, very much for listening to me today. And um, before I go, I just wanted to ask you guys, if, you, if you're interested in, in mindset, if you're interested in mental toughness and resilience and how do you develop a never quit mentality, then I'd love you to go and check out my mindset course called The Path of an Athlete, which you can check out at lisatarmity.co.nz forward slash e-course. I have a, a 27 lesson program in there that takes you about nine weeks of people to go through and it's all online. You have lifetime access to this course and it teaches all around these themes of leadership, of of mental toughness, how to, how to push through barriers, how to overcome obstacles, how to never quit um, a lot of the things that I've learned through a long career in uh, ultramarathon running and, and expeditions and adventures, but also through the, the tough times of life, um, and I would love to share that course with you. So if you've got any questions about it, you can also drop me a line at lisa at lisatarmity.co.nz. So for today, thanks very much for listening, and I wish you all a, a very happy week.